0: For joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Hi, Genesis chapter 1. Are you there already? Yes. All right, look at verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Notice and God said let us make man. This is the original purpose of God, God's original idea. He said let us make man. How did he make man? In his image, In his image and after his. Why did he make man? So they could have dominion. Say so they could have dominion. In other words, so man could have authority, a man could have dominion. Go to Psalm 8. Having trouble getting rid of the Ancient of Days right now. Still stuck in my (laughs) head. Come out of my head for some reason. You better be praying in tongues. I may break out into singing, so we want to keep that down if we can this morning. (laughs) All right, Psalm 8. Look at verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the Son of Man that thou visitest him, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of his hands, and has put, how many things? All things under his feet. Now notice, there's several things here you've got to look at. First of all, in verse five it says, "For thou hast made him a little lower than what? Yes. Now Genesis said, man was created, how? In, in the image and likeness of God. How many know the image of God is not a little lower than angels? So when you see two things like this, you've got to actually study, say, study. I know that's hard, but you've got to study and look it up. And the word here for angels is actually Elohim. In other words, man was created a little bit lower than God, not angels, so that agrees with it. Now notice what it says. Verse six, "Thou made him for what reason? Dominion. To have dominion, say to have dominion." To have dominion. Now If that's true and man has dominion and most of you have been born again, you've come back into the kingdom of God, people have told you you have authority, you have dominion, you can speak to the mountain and it will move, hallelujah, you can talk to things and they will go, how come they're not gone? Have you ever wondered that? You know, we'd keep doing the religious thing. Oh, we've got power, we've got authority, hallelujah, and absolutely nothing's happening. But we've got power and we've got authority and we're commanding and nothing's happening. We're telling it to go and two more come. We're... (laughs) And I found out one thing early in ministry, thank God, that whenever something the Bible tells me that I have is not working, it's never His fault. In other words, I've got to go to God, and I've got to go to His Word and say, why isn't this thing working? I can't say, well, God just don't do it, and He don't, no. I've got to say, well, if He said I've got authority and dominion, then when I talk to something, I fully expect whatever I talk to that needs to go, that's in line with His will, needs to go, praise God, because that's what He's told us. Hallelujah. All right, now go to John's Gospel, chapter 1. Those other two scriptures were free this morning. It was an addition, addition to the usual. John's Gospel, chapter 1, look at verse 1. Why? Because it's in the beginning. Look, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God was with God, and the Word was? The same was in the beginning, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All right, let's read it again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was? And in the beginning was also with God. Now verse 3, let's substitute. We can substitute Word for God, right? All things were made by the Word, and without the Word was not anything made that was? Made. So notice, God and His Word are one. Say, God and His Word are one. Now, this is very important that you understand how important this book that you have on your lap is to you. If it's God, then basically you have God's thoughts, you have God's desires, you have God's commands, you have who God is. Instead of trying to figure it out for yourself, He already tells you who He is in this book of the Word of God. So the Word of God is God, and God is His Word. Now, for me to take a a time to read the Word and spend time in the Word is time to spend time with... For me to say, I love God, but I never read the Word, how many know you're a liar? Come on. If God and His Word are one, and you spend no time in the Word, and here's where Christianity has basically gone completely off the map, because we have a bunch of leaders in Christianity who get ideas but are not familiar with the Word, so they tell you who they think God is rather than who God really is because He has already said it in His Word. So basically, we've got people who are not disciples trying to make disciples, and you cannot make a disciple. If you're not a disciple, of yourself. A disciple of what? The Word of God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, or the king, or the Word of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So as you get in the Word of God and you study the Word of God, you're going to have to understand that the Word of God is one of the most important things in your life. As a matter of fact, when it deals with dominion and authority, if you don't know this book, it's never going to work for you. Because your whole authority, your whole dominion is based on what God has said. You're under His authority and His dominion. And when you know what He says, you can implement or force or, or bring into existence exactly what He wants because that's His will that's already written down in the book. Are you following me? And a lot of places in the Bible, people don't understand what's going on. So as long as I stay hungry for the Word, I figure I'm staying hungry for God. Amen. If I'm not hungry for the Word, you can't tell me you're on fire for God. Wow. I'm not on fire for nothing. Just in your mind, you're telling somebody else to make them feel good. So the Word and God are one. God and His Word are one. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, I read that scripture, and I'm going to trust in the Lord. Well, what Lord? Well, the Lord that I think He might be. What did the Lord say? I don't know, but I'm trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. And what's He say in this situation? I don't know, but I just trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. Well, you can put word in there. Trust in the Word with all your heart. Uh Uh-oh. Now, if I'm going to trust in the Word, how many know I might have to know? What the word says in order to trust in the Lord. And then looking unto Jesus, the author, and finish for our faith. So I get a picture of Jesus, and I put him on the wall, and I'm studying, and I'm getting more and more faith every day as I check him out. And no, no, trust in the word. Come on now. Looking unto the word, and you'll have peace all over. Notice, God and his word are one. God made it that way, basically, for the fact that he wants us to be able to do that. He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, how many know that doesn't work? No, basically, you've got to keep your mind on the Word of God, and the Word of God will keep you stayed in everything. People say, well, Jesus is Lord. Well, is the Word Lord? I'm obeying Jesus. Are you obeying the Word? See, we've separated Jesus and the Word to a point where everybody thinks they're obeying Jesus because they think they know what Jesus said, and then they're obeying what they think Jesus said. I mean, people come to me all the time, you know, I've been going to church for a long time now, and I just know that God God has spoken to my heart. And I don't have to be in a body anymore because I'm getting it directly. i got a direct line right from the Holy Ghost <sighs> into my heart. And I've got that direct line, and I know, no, 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 sorry. No. the way That's not in the Word of God. The Word tells you not to forsake the assembling of yourself. The Word said He's given you pastors, the prophets, evangelists, teachers, what for to train you up in the things of the way. And the things of the way. So that person thinks they're on the right path. You know, there's a way that a man thinks is right and turns out to be wrong. And there's many Christians who think a way is right and they're going that direction and they're ending up as a casualty. And we don't want any casualties in this body or any other body because we're a victorious people. And we just need to understand how important the Word of God is. Praise God. So God and His Word, say God and His Word, word. are one. one. Say if I love the Word, I love love God. If I'm hungry for the Word, I'm word. I'm I'm hungry for God. All right, go to Numbers 23. We could stop right now and you could spend the rest of your day. Numbers 23, are you there? Look at verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So notice, we find out that God is a God of integrity. The Word is the Word of integrity. In other words, what God says He will do, He will do. People say, well, God's sovereign. He can do whatever He wants to do. No, He can't. He can only do within the confines of His own Word because He's bound by His own Word of what He already said He was going to do. For Him to do something different than what He already said He's going to do basically makes Him a liar. We've been taught whatever God wants, He can do. Well, no, He can't. If He said it, He's got to do it. Praise God, or else He's not a God of integrity and He's a liar. So if He if He says, "I will save you if you come and receive Me as your Lord and Savior," and then somebody comes and God says, "Oh no, oh man, you're just too bad. I can't save you. Sorry, we'll put you right over here." How I many know that makes Him a liar? Come on. If God says, "By My stripes you are healed," then doesn't heal you? Heals you in His time. Heals you whenever He feels like it. He's a liar. Because that ain't what it said in his word. So God and his word are one, and there's integrity in the word of God. Now, the church has made God into a double-minded God. Mm -hmm. Does God heal? Yes, he does. But, boy, he'll put sickness on you, too, to disciple you and to train you up and to make you stronger and to put you through the... Make up your mind. You cannot have authority under a double-minded God. You can only be under authority under what God has completely said, and he never changes. Notice, it says he does not repent. That means just because you don't like what he said, he's not going to change his mind to line up with you. I know that hurts. I know that's tough. That's his way. He's not going to change what he said. He's already said it. He's God. He's already put it out there, and it's always one of the favorite churches thing. You never know what God's going to do. Then what are you going to enforce with your authority that's his will if you don't even know what he wants to do to begin with in the situation? Your authority is basically worthless at that time. Do you see? So you've got to understand that God is a God of integrity. God does not make you sick and heal you at the same time. He doesn't love you, then kill you, and strike you with lightning at the same time. He doesn't protect you and then attack you at the same time. God is who he says he is, and he's going to do whatever it says he's going to do. Now, why do we have a problem with this? Society. All society is made up of nothing but a bunch of liars, You can't listen to the news and believe it. You can't listen to the politician and believe it. You can't listen to your neighbor and believe it. You can't listen to anybody. Back in my day when I lived in a small town of New Washington, Ohio... Basically, at that time, you could go to your neighbor. They would come over to fix your furnace. You would shake hands on it. You could expect him to be there. You could expect him to, to fix it. And they could expect to be paid. And that's all there that was. There wasn't 14 pages of paperwork that you had to read and study first and sign and get documented and everything. It didn't work that way. But now we're in a society of liars. And for somewhere around the planet, it seeped into our minds to think that God's a liar. And God's not a liar. What God said, bless God, God will do. Hallelujah. How I many you know Satan is a little G.O.D. of this world? Yeah. The Bible said he is the father of all lies. lies, so we've got to get out of the lie situation when it comes to God's word. If God said it, basically, then it's true, and we've got to line up with it somehow in our thought life. I mean, it's going to take some changes in our thought life to do that. People come all the time and say, "I don't have enough faith." Well, sometimes that ain't the problem. Do you believe God's a liar? God said he was going to do this. I don't know if he has enough faith. Well, is he a liar? No. Then you don't really need faith. Just believe what he said. You see what I mean? By my stripes, you are healed. I don't know if I can have faith for that. Well, God said it. Is he a liar? Is he telling you the truth? If he's telling you the truth, you don't really need faith. You just need to believe that he's not a liar in this situation. So whatever God says is. Say whatever God, whatever God says, says, says is. is. So if God says you're raised and seated this morning, you are. If he said you're blessed and anointed this morning, you are. If he says the devil's defeated this morning, you are. If the devil says he's under your feet, then that's where he is this morning, under your feet. If he says that you're a victor in every situation of your life, you're a victor in every situation of your life, praise God. Before, one of the preachers that I sat under for years would always have you take the Bible and say, this is the Word of God. It's not tradition. It's not man's opinion. It's not subject to debate. It is the living Word. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. It is what it says it is. It says what I am, and I am. It says I can do what I can do, and it's the Word of God, and it's true every time I read this book. And how many know that's what you need to learn in your own lifestyle if you're going to operate basically on the Word of God? You've got to know distinctly what God has said as a God of integrity, and now you are here with that authority to make sure whatever God's will is in that situation is backed up. You are the one who makes sure it's backed up. That's why we can heal the sick. Why can we heal the sick? Because we know the will of God is for everybody everybody to be healed because Jesus went to the cross, suffered and died so every single person could be healed. So that's God's will. Now when I walk up to a person that's sick, I'm not fighting God. I'm not wondering God. I'm not wondering if God put this on him to, to help him and grow in the things of God. No, I know what God's will is. God's will is for all people to be healed by the stripes of Jesus. So I've got boldness in my authority to tell that sickness to get out of that body in Jesus' name and I fully expect it to go. That's why because we don't know the integrity of God's word when we talk to things, we even know when we talk to them, that we are totally wasting our time, but we're doing what the Bible tells us to do. Ever did that? Ever walk up to somebody and said, go? And you know darn well it didn't go. But at least you were obeying God. Boy, you're really getting quiet in here now, isn't it? See? It hasn't worked, has it? It hasn't worked. And I'll tell you the, the reason why is because the Word of God is so important that the Bible says it must even get in your flesh, it must get in your bones, it must get in every part of you so that you're living the Word 24 hours a day seven days a week. You're not a church goer. Well, you go to church and you love the Lord and then you live however you want to. Then you come back on Wednesday and you love the Lord and you go. So that means that every word and every situation in your life, you have to look from God's perspective and make sure you are lining everything up with that word. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing you're going to have to line up in your life is right there underneath your nose. See, you cannot talk sickness and disease and, and live in health cannot be done you cannot talk about failure and live in victory you cannot talk about praise God financial or financial ruin every time and then all at once tithe and think that's going to make up the difference it doesn't work that way praise God what you're thinking and what you're talking every day is a basis for your authority that's in your life that's why you've got to stay away from conversations that you wouldn't have with God ever thought about that I mean each one of us are in the image and likeness of God you walk up to somebody who's God you wouldn't be saying, oh it's just terrible today nothing goes good God never answers prayer I prayed all the time and it just doesn't work and, and I don't know what's the matter with Jesus he ain't doing anything anyway and my, my goodness sakes I just don't know why I don't know if God's sleeping or what's he doing it says he never slumbers and sleeps but it looks like he's sleeping to me all the time every time I pray how many of you do that in front of Jesus come on you'd think twice wouldn't you but basically what you're doing is you're calling the Lord a liar in that area. Yeah. So when I first started start discovering this stuff, I found that I might have to change my mind up to a point where I was no longer compromising the promises in my life. Because in church, in front of people, when I'm ministering to people, God's man of faith and power. But in my own life, I'm complaining, That's right. criticizing, yeah. moaning. Well, here comes another bill. Never be paid. Been tithing now for 20 years, and what the heck's the problem with it? Don't understand. Don't God see? Look, before I put it in the basket. <laughs> Come on. Did you see it? Did you see it up there? That's the way we do things. Praise God. But that's not the way it works. See, it's a constant being in line. We, we talk about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Well. Negative talk, unbelief talk, critical talk, complaining talk is out of alignment with the kingdom of God. So, as you talk these things, you're out of alignment. You're not living in righteousness, you're living in unrighteousness. And God cannot keep that connection and get the things to us that He wants to get to us. It's not that He looks around and says, I just ain't giving you anything because you're stupid. It's because we've disconnected from the hookup with God by basically not believing that his word is true in every situation. People come to me all the time, oh, pastor, I'm so much down. I need to hear from God. I say, read the word. I need direction. Read the word. I feel dead inside. Read the word. I need a word from God. I'm going to this church and that church waiting for somebody to prophesy over me. Read the word. It's in there. God speaks to you every single day out of his Bible. This is God's thoughts. This is God's voice. This is taking Jesus' place right now in your life. Whatever it says in there that Peter said. Whatever it says that Paul says. Whatever it says anybody says is the word of the Lord to you in your own life. Some people don't even take time to find out what God's got to say. And if you don't do that, you'll make up what you think God should say in that situation. And that doesn't work with your authority, see. We've got to, and I believe, Mashikelo. I believe God is raising up a generation right now that is tired of riding the fence, tired of living in church and hallelujah and living over here someplace else that he's going to get a group of people who are so hungry for the word and desire for the word so very much that on the inside of them they're going to get so full of the word of God that out of the abundance of their heart their mouth is going to speak in line with the word of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're going to line up to that authority and when you speak to something you won't have to wonder. You won't have to wonder. If it's going to go or not, you know darn well that's God's will. If God was here, he'd do the same darn thing that I'm doing right now, and that's why I'm here to take his place. And bless God, that's leaving their body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, the problem we've got, we've got people that we command that to, and as you're walking out the door, say, keep praying for me because I don't think it did any good. I'd say, I'd like to have that authority back. I just wasted that. Give me that. And this is why as, as minister, say minister, it helps in any situation that you minister to the person something that has to do with the word to try to line them up so that you two can actually be in agreement on the situation and then you get better results. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew 24. God's word's true. If it's not working in your life, you need to make an adjustment somewhere along the line. You need to find out why it isn't working. Matthew twenty four. Look at verse thirty five. It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall Not pass away. In other words, his word is the same as when it was given 2,000 years ago. His word will be the same 2,000 years from now. His word has always been his word. It will always be his word. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to write Bible volume 2 and change everything in volume 1. We have the only volume that there's there. And notice, praise God, it's going to outlast everything. Sickness may come, but the word will outlast it lack may attack, but the word will outlast everything in your life. You could start to fall apart, but if you hang on to that word, that word is good forever. It never passes away, and it keeps on going. Here it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain the same. So that means it doesn't matter who tries to change the word. It doesn't matter if government tries to change the word. It doesn't matter if politicians try to change the word. It doesn't matter if preachers try to change the word. You can't change the word of God because it's going to be the same. So what do I want to do? I want to get hooked into the real word. I want to know what the word of God says. I want to get that word into me. I want to back up that word of God. If God said it, I believe it, praise God, that settles it in my life. And now I want to settle that word in other people's life. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. just amazing to me since I've been in the church that you can have a get together on a Thursday night and you'll have 30 people there. You can have uh, something else out there that has to do with the world and you'll have 50 people there. But when the Word of God is presented, you get about eight. Yeah. Now, that tells me that people do not understand that their life depends on this Word and depends on what you know in this Word when attacks come. Well, I ain't being attacked. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. The only way you're going to get away from attacks on this earth is one way. How is that? Die. You die, you'd be totally free of earthly attacks at that time. But it doesn't work that way. So you've got to be ready. You've got to be on guard. Isaiah chapter 40, look at verse 8. It says, the grass withers, the flower, it fades away. But the word of God should stand for how long? Forever. So the Word of God has the same power that it's always had. It has the same ability that it's always had. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, praise God. It'll get into our bones. It'll get into our blood. It'll get into every single part of us. And, and everything else is slowly passing away. We've got a nice rose bush out front that I trim all the time and keep real nice. Blooms all the time. It's real nice. And she'll go out some day and she'll say, oh, these roses are so pretty. And she'll look at them. And too late later, you come back and there's just this round bulb there with nothing there, but everything fell on the ground. How I many you know it passed away? So everything basically is passing away a little bit at a time, praise God. Lawn down here, sometimes in the springtime, what happens if we don't get enough rain? Guess what happens? Oh, once it turns brown, don't it? Why? Because it's passing away. We're born, praise God. We get up to 20, 40, 60, 80. What happened? Everything is slowly passing away, but the Word of God remains the same today, yesterday, and forever. All right, go to Psalm 119. You have to know what the Word of God and the integrity of God is before your authority to speak to things and to live in this earth realm is ever going to work for you. You must know what God said about the situation. You must know that he was not kidding. You must know that it works every single time for him when you use the Word of God correctly. If you don't know the Word of God on a situation, you have no right to speak to that thing. If you don't really know. I mean, just think. Let's say you're driving home today. You're going home from church. You're driving down US-1, and all at once the flashers come on behind you, and you pull over, and a cop pulls up and says, uh... Sorry, I'm going to get you for speeding. You say, well, how fast was I going? He said, I don't have any idea. (laughs) But you were definitely going very fast. And you'd say, well, what's the speed limit here? He says, I don't really have any idea. But it just looked to me, in my view, that you're going too fast. So I'm going to stop you. Now, how many know the policeman has authority? But he ain't got any authority in that situation. He didn't know how fast you were going. He didn't know how fast you could go. He didn't know anything else. But, boy, he is pulling you over with his authority. How many know that one work? And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. We're trying to pull the devil over all the time. And we don't even know what we're resisting him from or what we're supposed to resist him from or the authority that we have in our life that's backed up by the word of the living God. All right, Psalm 119. Look at verse 89. It says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled where? So notice, forever the word is settled where? Now, why isn't there any sickness in heaven? His word is forever settled. Why isn't there any anxiety in heaven? No worry in heaven? No defeat in heaven? No anything in heaven? Because notice, His word is forever settled. There's no doubt and unbelief up there. And what God wants the church to do and you to do is start settling His word here on the earth settle certain things that are going on in your life not to doubt his word not to doubt integrity that's what our whole authority and dominion was given to us for was to settle God's word in this earth realm and make sure that everything around us lines up with the will of God in our life because God's will is always better than the other praise God the other alternative so notice in heaven it's settled how long forever so I believe right now in your own life and in the church you're going to start settling some things in your life I'm going to, I am believe you're going to start settling that you have power over devils, that you have authority over sickness and disease, that God is much bigger than the devil himself, that we're supposed to rule and reign on this earth, and I'm going to do it. I believe it, and that basically settles it. So what are we here? We're settling the word. I started in my own life. I'm going to settle the word in my own life. The Bible promised me a happy marriage, and I'm settling it right now. I'm having a happy marriage. We're not arguing anymore. We're not fighting anymore. We're not going through this stuff anymore. We're not going to be like everybody else that's got to be out there. We're not going to do that stuff. And I settled it now in Jesus' name. And what did I do? When a temptation came to do the opposite, I had to take my authority then. I said, not now. Not in my family. For me and my house we gonna serve the Lord whether you like it or not praise God physical body praise God something coming on here coming on there coming on here coming on there coming on wherever it comes on pray what am i going to do i don't sickness and disease is not of God And by his stripes I'm healed, praise God, and and that's it, glory to God. I'm healed, you get out of my body right now, I'm not putting up with you anymore. Jesus either healed me on the cross or he didn't heal me on the cross. And if he went to the cross to heal me and I can't be healed anyway, then he wasted his time. I don't know what he was doing on the cross anyway, but he didn't waste his time. He went to the cross so that I could be free from sickness and disease, and I'm going to live free from sickness and disease every single day of my life. Now you can do that in church, then you go out for lunch today and say, Oh, I've just been in so much pain today. I'm telling you, I've been sick, sick, sick. The devil's been all over me. And I'm not making fun. I'm just showing you that you cannot do that, then operate in the authority on the other end. Either he said you're healed and you're going to line up. Either he said you're blessed and you're going to line up. Either he said you're going to do this, he's going to line up. I'll show you. Go to Malachi chapter 3. I mean, sometimes when you run a prayer line or you're praying for healing or you have a healing service or you run into somebody, when the person comes up to you, if you let them speak, by the time they're done, you are completely wore out. They will tell you everything that has gone wrong in their life physically, mentally, spiritually. I've got this. I've got that. I've got that. I've got this. I'm probably supposed to die. I'm going to die. This ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. And then say, pray for me. And I'm thinking, my God. Starting to feel sick myself. She's <laughs> got so many ailments. Maybe one jumped on me someplace along the line. <laughs> See, sometimes you just gotta put your fingers over their mouth whether you think you're gonna offend them or not, yeah. and give them the word rather than hear about the ten thousand four hundred and sixty two things that have gone wrong. Come here, Mary. Just led me right to you, I think. I can do this to her because she loves me. Yes. Love me, right, Marie? Yeah. Good. Okay, well, Marie basically, I saw her in the hospital, it was quite a while ago, praise God, and I mean... She was as close to death as I've ever seen anybody in my entire life. I mean, her heboglobin count wasn't even a count. Nothing was going on at that time. I walked in. She says, praise the Lord. Glory to God. God says, I'm healed, and I'm healed. And the doctors thought she was nuts. And everybody that visited her thought she was nuts. And probably even part of her family thought she was nuts. But she just stayed on that word. And she didn't look good. I'm telling you right now. She, she You looked at her. You knew something was a matter. And praise God, she just stayed on the word and stayed on the word and stayed smiling and stayed on the word and stayed on the word. Now she went back to the doctor when this week. Mm-hmm. and. What do they say? It looks like nothing was even wrong Great. with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the he said it, if he, the blood work came back and it looks like I never would. It, he said I was knocking on heaven's like the, heaven's door and he was like, I have to actually say you are my miracle. He was like, I have to say it. He, he used the M word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. M-word, that's like cussing to a doctor. Do you know that? Praise God. It's like using a vulgar word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. All right, let's go to John 15. Oh, did we do Mal- I'm sorry. I was, so ex- I was so excited about that testimony, I just couldn't take it anymore. Praise God. All right, Malachi chapter 3. Um, you ought to have this verse memorized upside down, down every place else. Look at verse 10. All right, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. here's God. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many know that's God speaking? And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not devour the fruits of your ground neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, says the Lord of hosts. And how many nations? All nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be delightful Some land, says the Lord of hosts. How many know that's a good word? Praise God. That's marvelous, isn't it? All right, now look at the next verse. Apparently, whoever doesn't believe that, your words have been stout against, striving against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? You have said, it's vain to serve the God. What profit is it to have to keep his word and his ordinances anyway? Because we walk mournfully before the Lord. So here's a tither. Say a tither. They're tithing. They believe the windows of heaven are open and pouring out a blessing because that's what it says. And then they're leaving the church and saying, my needs aren't meant according to I can't even pay my bills. I don't know what's the matter. I've been tithing. And serving God sure don't do no good. Doing what he says sure doesn't matter. He must have been fibbing when he said Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Come on, and we're just not talking about finance now. This is every single area of your life. Sometimes we obey God, we do what God wants to do, then we go away and we talk completely opposite to it the whole time. See, your authority is not going to work in that situation until you come to an understanding that what God said is true. If he said it, bless God, that's it. That's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. If God said it, that settles it. That's fine with me, praise God. You're going to be attacked all over the place. And attacks basically come just to put fear in your heart. So you get off the word of God and your authority won't work anymore. Every single thing that comes, every bad report that comes, everything that comes is to try to get you off into fear, into your life and into your heart. And you can feel fear in here. I can. It's in there. It's not like it's out here. It's not like it's up here. It's in here, bless God. It's on the inside of me. So what do I got to do? I got to make an adjustment right then. I don't want to meditate on the fear. I don't want to meditate on the bad report. I don't want to meditate on that stuff because when it comes time to use your authority, you got no authority. So i want to get right back on the word of God, praise God, and I want to move that out of my life. All right, now we go to John 15. All a bunch of preachers, for God's sakes. All right, John chapter 15, look at verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall whatever you will and it shall be done. Well, I asked a bunch of times, I've asked God all the time, well, is his word abiding in you? Or are you just throwing out a bunch of desires and wants that you think you should have, and maybe God's in a good mood that day, and He's going to give them to you? No, if He abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you do what? Bear much fruit, so are you my? Oh, 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 we have a definition of a disciple now, don't we? A disciple who's somebody who's been in the word enough to where that word has gotten on the inside of them and it's in their heart now and it's in their mouth and they can ask him whatever he wills because we know it's his will anyway and God's trying to get it in the earth realm but he needs an intercessor to get it into the earth realm so I'm praying according to his will. He hears me. He answers a prayer. I bear fruit and it shows that I am a No, you're not a disciple until you bear some kind of fruit. You may be a Christian. You may be a churchgoer. You may be here. But when you start bearing fruit, that shows that you are a disciple. So what's going to happen? I'm going to say go, and something's going to go. I'm going to say come, and something's going to come. I've now got things to shut out of my life, whatever I bind and whatever I loose. So things try to come into my life. I'm going to use the word, and I'm going to block them things and all heavens behind me, as long as I know his word and his will, not just a good idea. Too many of us act on good ideas of what we think is going on, but you need the word behind you. I'll tell you, here's what happens when the devil comes in your life, and he's trying to put sickness or whatever else on you, and you're there in your life, and you say, go in Jesus' name. He's just like a little kid. You know what he says? Why? Did your little kid ever say why? Like everything you told them to do? Why? Why? Well, you come, and you get a pain in your shoulder, and you say, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Get out of here, devil. He'll say, why? you'll say, because my shoulder hurts, that ain't good enough. Because I want to feel better, that ain't good enough. It's got to be by his stripes, bless God, I've been healed. God's true, he's not a liar, and praise God, he said, when I speak to you, resist the devil, you're going to go, praise God. Notice, Jesus, when he resisted the devil, he didn't resist him with just theories, good ideas, he said, it is what do he do? He took that word of God said, not only do I have authority, but I have the basis backing up that authority. This is what my father said, and I'm backing up what my father said, and I know I've got a legal right to do this simply because my father has said it, and I know it, and my father's not a liar. What does that do? That gives you authority, and I'll tell you what that releases. I can't go that far this morning, but power. Yeah. When an authoritative word in line with God goes forth, that's where the power of God who's on the inside of you comes forward. The authority gives you a badge. Come on, the power gives you a gun. See, you can, some things you'll run into, you'll authority, authority, and they won't go anywhere. So then you've got to pull out your gun. And as long as you know the scriptures, the Bible says, the Lord working with his word, confirming signs and wonders. He doesn't back up, though. I just hope so. Oh, please go, devil. In Jesus' name, please leave me. Please, 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 please. I mean, no, that's not going to be backed up. It's a clear-cut word of what you know. Your divine writes out what you were. I mean, we do it in the natural realm. I mean, you retire. You're supposed to get a social security check. You don't get one for one month, two months, three months. You just say, "Well, whatever God wants, His will be done in my life." No, you're going to be on that phone. If you have to drive to the social security office yourself and grab the person around the neck who's not allowing your check to come, you're going to do it in the natural realm. Why is that? Because that belongs to me. That's part of what, that's my final, that is mine, bless God. And somebody going to give me that with the last three months. Yes. Uh-huh. See, the days that I got to fight the devil, I want those two days back. Because yeah. yeah. He messed with me for two days and I was fighting those two days and I had other things to do those two days. So he owes me two days, praise God. And right now I should live to be about 146, 147. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go to Psalm 112. here's one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 112. It says, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments or his word. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright, they shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light. In the darkness he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and he lends. Now how many know you got to have something to lend? He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be an everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings because his heart is fixed trusting in the Lord or trusting in the word. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees the desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. (laughs) The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked, it shall do what? Now notice. Look at verse one. Praise the Lord! Blessed is a man that fears the Lord and delights in the word of God. So, if you delight in the word of God, guess what? You're blessed today, because blessed is me. Look at verse two. Big one. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. What you do with the word of God will affect your children, and their children's children, and their children's 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 children's. Praise God! Notice you're The general. Whenever I was quoting the Word of God, I used to get up in the morning time before school time, and I'd take a little book by, by E.W. Canyon that said, "I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I live in divine health because He bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. I am a winner, not a loser. I am a victor." And the boys would say, "That's enough, Dad. That's enough. We're getting up." We're getting up. And he bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases. And with his strife, praise God, we're here. And you're a mighty man of God today. That's enough. We're up. We're up. We're getting dressed. Can't get your kids out of bed? Just open that word and start shooting it out there. best God. Did get out of bed in a hurry. Get dressed. Get all ready to go. You'd be surprised what happens. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, did it? It worked, praise God. But I'll tell you what. Even though it made a man, it was still going in there. We were throwing seed at them, bless God, the whole time. You'll never be sick again. You'll be wealthy. You'll find good spouses. You'll do all that. We're just throwing that stuff out there. Why is that? Because what you do with the Word will affect your next generation and your next seed. Young mothers, the best thing you can do is live in the Word of God. You and your husband together live in peace and harmony and live in the things of God. Your kids will definitely pick up on it. All right, look at verse 3. Now, many aren't interested in this, but number 3 says, Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Now, if you've got wealth and riches in your house and you're a giver, that means you've got beyond wealth and riches in your house because you've got to be giving it at the same time along with the wealth and riches. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. But then it gets into the tough part, don't it? Yeah. Verse 4, Under the upright there shall arise light in the So now when darkness comes and I'm living righteously before God, that's what the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you, to quicken your spirit and bring up on the inside of you the Word of God. What for? To quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Praise God. So verse 6 says, Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Say, I'll never be afraid of another bad report. Because my heart is fixed on the truth, which is the Word of God. See, once again, keeping that that fear out of your heart with the word of God. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid, and he shall see the desire upon his enemies. Now, you think living a victorious life like this, you would impress some people, and people will really be happy with you. But look at verse 10. The wicked shall see it and be grieved and gnash their teeth at you. (laughs) That shows you how people's minds are so messed up that they're afraid you're going to succeed. And I'll tell you why that is. Because as a Christian, if you succeed other Christians, it puts pressure on them to succeed also. Because the Bible says God is no respecter of so if I'm prospering, if I'm doing well, if I'm walking in health, that puts pressure on everyone else to do the same because the same thing is available for each and every person. How am I going to do that? I'm going to get in the Word of God. I'm going to spend time in this Word. I'm going to find the promises that God had gave me that belong to me. I'm going to start using them in my life. And every time I speak something out of line with God's will, I will stop and change it immediately. God never does that. See, He's never got to repent. How many know that we do? Yeah, because we get off there, don't we? We've been trained up. We've been trained in negativity. Some of our families are, everybody's been negative around us. You've got to catch those things and keep them going. And that's when your authority will start to escalate. All at once, you'll cast out devils and they'll go, sometimes you will not even have to cast them out. You just got to look. You just got to make believe like you're going to cast them out and that's enough. Why is that? Because the devil knows. See, the devil knows he's defeated. The devil knows that Jesus beat him up, spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. He did all that stuff. The only problem is most of the church don't know any of this stuff. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. doubter. Say, I believe believe God's Word. word. God is true. true. God's Word word never lies. lies. I will speak speak in line line with God's Word. word. I will receive receive everything everything. the Word says says belongs to me. me. In my outside time, time. I I will speak in line with the Word of God. I will talk about the stripes, not about the sickness. I will talk about God's provision, not my lack. I will talk about a great husband, not the stupid things he does. I will live victoriously, full of authority, releasing my power in every situation because I am a child of the living God and I choose to fulfill my purpose of dominion here on the earth in Jesus' name. All right, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.